friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets Two Chichings. My name is Lauren, and I'm glad you're back today. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk through things that I wish I would have known when I was a brand new Etsy shop owner or earlier in the process of building an Etsy shop so that I could have made the progress that I wanted to make faster or more uh, painless. <laughs> Since I started my Etsy shop way back in 2012, I get asked a common question all the time. And usually it's while I'm doing really mundane tasks, like picking my kids up at school (laughs) or hanging out and chatting with people around town casually, not in a teaching kind of setting. But it's always kind of along the same lines of this vague open-ended question How do you get started on Etsy? What do you wish you would have done differently if you were just starting out? Well, there's a lot of things that I wish I would have done differently if I was starting over again, like not buying a crappy uh, yard sale embroider machine that I spent hours upon hours wanting to throw out the window. But I tried to break it down into just five main pieces of advice today that I wish I could redo or do earlier in my business to have less frustration and more results. So we're going to jump right into those now, and um, I hope that you enjoy them, and I would love to hear your feedback. If you go to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash Facebook, I would love for you to join the Etsy Roadmap Facebook group and let me know if you're an established shop owner, what do you wish you would have done differently? Or if you are just starting out, what is the piece of advice that you can take away from this episode to move forward and get those results faster? All right, number one, my piece of advice would for new sellers would be to jump right in. No one wants to hear this because it requires them to take a major leap of faith and get started when they're not 100% positive that they'll be successful or they're really nervous about putting themselves out there. And that is really scary. And it's a real fear for everybody. You're not alone in that. The fear of failure is the top fear that I hear from people in emails, in DMs, anywhere that holds them back from really being all in on building their shop and moving forward with it. Here's the kicker though, you can't get past the fear of failing or the fear of jumping in when you don't feel confident until you take action. It's kind of this circular thing, like you have to take action and then have success or even have failure that you can move past and learn from before you feel more confident to take the next step. You will literally never overcome it without actually doing anything to move forward. If you sit and you analyze and you learn and you research and you get stuck in this planning phase without actually taking any action, you'll stay in that exact same position of being too scared to move, if not in an even worse position because then you are so overwhelmed by all of the stuff that you're planning and learning and the perfectionism that goes into spending all of that time 
that you have spent researching and analyzing everything to death. So it actually kind of ends up making it worse because you just get stuck with like, oh, I've learned all these things or I'm reading all of these blog posts and there's all this conflicting information or I don't really know what my next step is. And you get kind of stuck wanting it to be perfect and researching it to death. And so if you never get out of that, you will never get past that fear of moving forward. Once you get moving, all of a sudden those fears become manageable and a little less scary. And you learn so much just by that on the job training that soon you're rolling along and it's just not so overwhelming and it's not so intimidating anymore. And it feels really good. But I want you to know this, that fear is always there when you're doing something new, whether it's an entirely new shop, a new product line, a next step in your business, investing in a machine or equipment or finding a coach that's a big expense or whatever, these steps to move forward and take that next step or up-level your shop or whatever that movement forward looks like for you that puts you out of your comfort zone are scary no matter if you're beginner, intermediate, advanced, or absolutely crushing it and taking it to the next level. It's always scary. I think that eventually you just begin to get a little more used to being scared or used to feeling uncomfortable or you're just prepared because you know that that's the feeling that happens when you're in that position. So it becomes more doable, but it never goes away. I don't want you to feel like other people who are able to move forward or other people who you see taking those steps don't have those same feelings because they always do. Everyone does. It's totally normal. It's just a matter of whether or not you take that feeling and you embrace it and you embrace the discomfort and you move forward while still feeling uncomfortable or whether you let that paralyze you and not allow you to take any steps or to have any forward momentum. If you need help moving past that fear, I have a post on my blog called Stop Learning and Start Doing. And I go through kind of the very beginning of my shop and what my shop looked like when I first started. And you can see some of the absolutely terrible product pictures that I started my shop with and see where it was when it really began. Because I think a lot of times people will look at what you've done. You know, I've been having the shop now for almost eight years. And so people look at that shop eight years later, but they didn't see it when it first started and how terrible it looked. So um, don't get intimidated by people who are farther along than you are because everybody starts somewhere. The next thing that I would do differently if I could start all over again is to define that secret sauce of what makes the business special or unique or where I really wanna go with it. In both of the courses that I teach, Becoming a Savvy Seller and SEO Superstar, a lot of what we talk about is your secret sauce and how to hone in on that thing that makes you special. When sellers first get started on Etsy and they're trying to build their shop and get items listed, oftentimes people struggle to to really understand or internalize what sets them apart, what makes them different from other thousands of shops that maybe sell similar items. There's a lot of competition on Etsy and there is pretty much 100% chance that someone else is selling something that is similar to you or even the exact same thing. And a lot of times people get intimidated by that or they're just frustrated by the fact that they feel like they can't compete with shops that are already 
established. And it doesn't help when you see things online that say, you know, you missed the boat or people are already doing it and you're not going to be able to be successful if you jump in right now. That is totally not true. Um, it is a huge myth, a huge fallacy. There is always room in the market for new people and a unique perspective, even if your actual products are not that unique or even if you feel like there's not necessarily anything special about you. I am a firm, firm believer that there is no such thing as market saturation on Etsy or really in the internet, in e-commerce, anywhere. There is plenty of room to be successful still on the platform. However, you do have to have something that's special about you. So really think through and even write down what makes you stand out? What do you offer that other people don't? How does your brand appeal to your ideal customer and what makes that customer take the leap from window shopping in your shop or browsing the Etsy search to actually decide to check out and purchase your item? Why would someone choose your product over the competition? There's always a reason that somebody makes that choice. It's not random. There's a reason that they're choosing to buy this product. So thinking through the thought process of your buyer and the person that is coming to not only the Etsy platform, but then the Etsy search, and then specifically your listing and your storefront can be really helpful to think about what makes your product appeal to that person. Think about the feelings behind the person that is buying your item or who is who is browsing and window shopping and then ultimately purchasing and think about what appeals to them. Speak to that person and try to appeal to that person in the way that you present your item. Again, your secret sauce does not have to be the actual product. I sell monogrammed baby blankets on Etsy that literally thousands of other people sell. I buy them from a wholesaler, I monogram them, and I sell them. Other people buy them from similar or the same wholesalers and do the exact same thing. There is nothing actually unique about the product. A lot of the uniqueness or the special sauce comes from who you're appealing to and how you're appealing to them. Number three that I really wish I would have done earlier on in my Etsy journey, and it is really, really hard as a new seller, but I implore you to do it, is to let go of your competition and not worry about it. Building on this last point of the secret sauce, I want you to put that competition out of your head. Other than doing the very basic research online of what else is out there, what the price point is of the competition or the other sellers that are in your same market, you don't need to worry about what other people are doing. There is nothing wrong with having competition in the marketplace and on the platform. In fact, I would argue that having that competition or having other people who are selling similar things on Etsy is actually a good thing. It shows that people are searching for these items. They want them and there's already a market for what you're selling. You don't have to educate people as to why your product is valuable. They're already looking for your product. You just have to educate them as to why they should choose your listing or your product over other shops in that same market, which is a much easier task. If you're having to start from square one and encourage people or educate people as to why your product is even valuable, that's a much harder sell. So to step into a market that's already established that you just have to get your little corner of the market and find your ideal person that you're appealing to 
is much easier. The idea that Etsy is oversaturated is something that I hear often online, mostly from sellers who are struggling to make sales, or ironically, from sellers who are thinking about leaving Etsy completely and building their own shop on an independent platform like Shopify or WordPress. Etsy is oversaturated or XYZ category, jewelry or baby or whatever, is just so oversaturated is what they say. And then they move their shop off of Etsy without any kind of engaged audience at all. And then they have a lot of free time while their shop is completely dead. I don't agree that Etsy is oversaturated, although I will agree that there are a lot of sellers on Etsy. People who think that the market is too oversaturated and that's why they're not making any sales are really struggling to define their brand and to figure out their place in the market. And then they're making excuses as to why their product isn't standing out by blaming it on oversaturation in the marketplace. Is that really a blunt and harsh way of saying it? Maybe. But if a seller sits there and bemoans the fact that there are millions of people online selling millions of products, and that's why they in particular are never going to be successful, it doesn't do anything to serve them. It doesn't do anything to move the needle forward in their business and make them successful. And I am not all about that. I am all about moving towards that success and not being okay, staying stagnant and complaining about the lack of sales. There are kind of two divergent feelings or personality types, I guess. The people who will say like, oh, I know it's so hard, it's so oversaturated, it sucks period, end of sentence. And then people like me who say, right, it's busy, it's crowded. You gotta figure out how to stand out and make it work. And while I know that that is not for everybody and that kind of point blank advice um, can turn people off at times because they're like, oh, you just don't understand. I do understand, I'm in the market, I'm still there. I'm still competing with the mass resellers and the you know big box stores and all of that kind of stuff, I get it. It is not as easy as maybe it was 15 years ago. There's also, however, so much more awareness and so many more buyers and all of those, so many more resources than there was 15 years ago. So in some ways, it's actually easier. There is plenty of room to be successful on the internet. And I want you to think about like five or 10 years down the road. Do you think that the internet and online shopping are going anywhere? They are definitely not. If anything, we're only gonna see more and more people shopping online. There are new brands, new items, new offerings every single day. If you're sitting back and you're not getting started with your shop because of market saturation or you're making excuses as to why you're not successful because of market saturation, then you might as well just get a nine to five and move on because there's always going to be competition. Not only on Etsy, not only on e-commerce, not only on the internet, but everywhere. If you have a product-based business, if you have a digital business, there is always competition. And the longer that you wait and sit and get frustrated by the fact that there is that competition, the more competition enters the marketplace and the more that there will be. Does that make it difficult to stand out on Etsy? More difficult than maybe it was 15 years ago? 
Maybe, but it also means that there are so many more buyers for Etsy than there were back in 2006 or 2005 or whatever. And they continue to grow year over year. When I started my Etsy shop back in 2012, people didn't even know what Etsy was. Even my friends who were in their mid-20s, so they weren't like aged out of internet businesses or e-commerce or anything like that. I had to tell people, I'm starting this business and I'm selling things on Etsy, which is kind of like eBay, but different. (laughs) Etsy's traffic is growing by leaps and bounds year over year. So while there are more shops than there were back in the day, there are also so many more buyers, so much more publicity, and just more general knowledge about online businesses and kind of those side hustle businesses than there used to be. Number four thing that I wish that I would have done when I first got started, and I have talked about this before in previous episodes, but I always go back to, I wish that I would have figured this out faster. I'm not really sure why it took me so long, but that is to figure out the business basics. If you really want to dive into the opportunity that Etsy provides and run a business from home and run your own business as a self-employed person, you have to understand the business side of things, not just the creative side of things. So often I see creative people really love the creative side of selling on Etsy. We like the artistic expression. We like bringing that creative vision to life. And we like the actual creative process. And that obviously is a super important part of it. I would never want you to have a shop of products that you hate making or have things that you're not enjoying be a part of your business. The creative aspect of it is what makes Etsy so special versus something like Amazon or eBay. But the creative part of it is not the only part that you need to be good at in order to be successful on the platform. Running the business side of your shop is just as important, if not more so, than the creative part. Without a solid understanding of the business side, the profits, the revenue, the costs that you have, you may end up with a really time-consuming hobby that really isn't bringing in any money, even if you have decent sales. There are often so many aspects of running the business, like fees and equipment and startup costs and shipping supplies and all of that, that people undervalue what they've actually spent and they underestimate, I guess, what they have going into the business. So they end up working a lot of hours without making any real measurable profit to bring home as an income. And if you're not aware of your numbers and you don't have a pulse on what's happening in your business, a lot of times you don't even know that this is happening until you go to file your taxes at the end of the year and you say, oh my gosh, this was such a great year. I got that 1099 form from Etsy and I made $20,000. And then you look at your expenses and you're like, oh my gosh, I had $19,500 in expenses. And so I worked for an entire year and made 500 bucks. That kind of sucks. (laughs) So it is really important to have a pulse and really have an understanding of what's going into the business side of your business so that you can price your, not only your products, but also your time going into the creation of your products appropriately so that you walk away from it with a business that's actually paying you money. Otherwise, you are going to be pouring a lot of time into something that you're really not making any money from, which 
not only leads to your, you know, a lot of times your family being really impatient with it, but also you just being burnt out. You look at it and you say, I am doing all of this work and I'm working really hard, but I'm not getting anywhere. Which leads me to my last point, my number five, what I wish I would have done earlier on in my business so that it would have worked better for me and been more profitable and just generally more successful earlier on is to let go of the things that are not working for you and really dive into the things that are. I wish that earlier on I had been okay or more confident, I guess, in letting go of the things that were not serving my business and not feeling like I had to do every single thing in order to be successful and that I had to work harder in order to be more successful. I think that that is something that we get stuck in our heads. Now, I do wanna caveat this by saying, I do not think that it is easy to be successful on Etsy. I think it is a pretty simple process, but it is not easy. So I don't want to undersell how like, oh, it's just so easy, you just throw up your shop and you know, you're know you raking in the money. That's not, that's not true. It does take work. And I think that from the people that I have worked with and the students that I have had, there is no shortage of people who are willing to work really hard to make this successful. But what I see a lot of times and what I experienced myself was the feeling that you have to be working harder and harder and more hours and more time and be totally consumed by this business in order to be successful. And if you don't have that kind of all-encompassing obsession with your business, you're never gonna make it. And I don't think that that's true. And I have seen it in students and I have experienced it myself that it leads to an enormous amount of frustration and burnout. I wish that earlier on in my journey of being an Etsy shop owner, I had been okay and confident in saying this thing that I'm doing, this email list that I'm trying to build or this social media account that I'm trying to work on or this marketing technique is not working and I'm going to let it go and not think twice about it. Instead, what I felt and what I experienced was a lot of guilt in feeling like by not doing every single thing under the sun and not marketing my shop constantly and working at my shop constantly and tinkering with things constantly, that I wasn't working hard enough and that I needed to be doing more. And I think that that is something that I love to work with people to allow them to let that go because a lot of those things are not serving your business. Sure, you can spend hours and hours and hours and hours and months and years trying to build an email list, but you may never actually be successful with building an email list because it's not really something that is necessary for your Etsy shop. It's not really something that necessarily is going to serve your Etsy shop. So I give you permission <laughs> to let that go and not feel like in order to be successful, you have to build an email list because that's what people tell you to do and they tell you that email marketing is really important. Email marketing can be important for certain types of businesses, but if you have an Etsy shop that's bringing in organic traffic and you're getting found on the platform and you're getting found in the search, you don't really need an email list. I have customers that have literally purchased from me 40 times. And I have tried I, I have talked about this in past episodes and I have a blog post about it if you look on my blog, but I tried for a long period of time to take those customers, get them on an email list, 
and then transfer them to a standalone shop that I had on Shopify. Okay, yeah, I have this established customer base. They're great. They love me. They come back to buy literally dozens and dozens of times. So here's a coupon. Here's an email. Here's whatever, whatever to get you off of the Etsy platform and onto my own platform. And it never worked. And I tried for months and months and months and months to do this and it never worked. People are loyal to the Etsy platform and they can be also loyal to your shop within that platform. Like I said, I have tons of people that come back. I would say that I haven't looked recently and I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think the last time I checked, it was around 30 or 40% of my buyer base are repeat customers. But those people aren't necessarily going to follow you off the platform. They go back to Etsy, they look at their past purchases, they click on the link to go back to your shop and they buy the thing over again. So let go of those things that are not working and allow yourself to dive into the opportunity that Etsy presents, which is a built-in platform that makes it easy to put your your listings up and have your products there, a platform with a huge built-in buyer base of millions and millions and millions of shoppers who are already there, already looking to shop, already warmed up because they're familiar with the platform. You don't have to sell them on being a reputable shop because they're already comfortable with the platform. And let go of the things that are not working, like marketing your shop off of Etsy or like building your own standalone shop or an email list, or I could go on and on of all the marketing things that don't necessarily work. And I'm not telling you that if you love social media that you should not have a social media account where you advertise your business and advertise your shop and engage with your customers. If that's something that you love, then by all means, do it. But don't feel obligated to do it. Don't feel obligated to take all of this swirling marketing advice that is around the internet and feel like you have to do every single thing. I want you to release that pressure and to know that you can be successful on Etsy with very minimal, if any, advertising. There is a lot of trial and error that has to happen in your business as you're growing, and there are always going to be growing pains, whether you are new or you're just up-leveling, taking your shop to the next level. But there are some pretty big time and money wasters that you can avoid by listening to someone who has gone before you and listening to someone who has made all of those mistakes and had those massive time sucks happen. So those are the top five things I wish that I had done differently or maybe just much sooner in my shop. Jump in and don't be afraid to get started. Define what makes your brand stand out and your product special. Don't worry about your competition. Let it go. Focus on yourself and your own business and where you're going in your business. And don't allow that competition to be discouraging to you. Figure out the business basics so that you don't end up with an extremely time-consuming hobby. And let go of those things that are not serving your business and dive into the things that are serving your business and getting you the biggest results with the least amount of work. We are, even if you're trying to build a full-time income, we are not trying to build a business that sucks up 50, 60, 70, 100 hours a week. You don't, even with a full-time income, want something that consumes your entire life. We are trying to work smarter, not harder. And letting go of those time-wasting things is huge in moving forward. 
I hope that this episode has been super helpful for you. Again, I would love for you to come on into the Facebook group and tell me what are you going to let go? How are you going to jump in? What is your secret sauce? Come and have this conversation with us and connect with other Etsy shop owners who are also taking that leap and up leveling to be a really successful business owner. If you need some help streamlining your shop and you wanna be able to drive more passive traffic without having to do so much marketing, I would love for you to download my SEO checklist that is available. You can find it at laurenkeplinger.com forward slash seven steps, the number seven, S-T-E-P-S, seven steps. That checklist will help walk you through the steps to really optimize your SEO so that you can begin to work on bringing in that passive traffic that is already warmed up from Etsy, already ready to purchase, and just needs to find your products so you can get them in front of them. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.